everybody, welcome to Fresh Out the Podcast, the only podcast where we talk about how handsome Drew is. Uh, I am the board game guru and game master extraordinaire, Jahananan. I am the retired child crimes and human trafficking detective turned tabletop titan and improv comedian. I'm Casualty CDG. Uh... That's that's all I'm doing today, Drew. I don't I don't have any I don't have a wing nut for you. Can I call you Gary? No. <laughs> <laughs> you have to earn that right. Okay. I'll just I will each time that I refer to you this this evening, I will refer to you as the retired child crimes and human trafficking detective turntable top titan and improv comedian casualty CDG. Yeah, Can I shorten like... that to just casualty CDG? Yeah, I was gonna, just going to say that doesn't seem like that's going to become taxing at all. So yeah, <laughs> casualty CDG will work. Uh, and I am the professional media and movie mastermind of the fun house, Drew Munhausen. And welcome to episode 28 of Fresh Out the Podcast. Thank you all for listening to us and for joining us as we discuss fun things like DC Comics shows and movies and things because there's a lot to talk about oh yeah no there's a bunch going on with the dc uh stuff um good stuff finally because <laughs> oh well, my god well when i start creating outlines and stuff for the show sometimes the you know i'll have like a a brief idea and then i start realizing as i as we develop it like there's there is a lot to unpack because like we had so from a comic book standpoint, which you know, there's no podcasts or anything that exist about the MCU or DC Comics or anything. Nobody on the internet talks about that stuff. So I'm glad that you can, <laughs> you can listen to us to find out. You know? I'm so happy <laughs> that we found such a unique, untapped vein of information to give. To these well, people. you know, not a lot of people like movies. Not a lot of people like games, and no one is watching streaming shows. Yeah, so exactly. we have, we're in a we're in a really nice niche. You know what? Luckily, Retired child crimes and human trafficking detective turned tabletop titan improv comedian casualty CDG. You're right. You have earned the right to call me Gary. Oh wow! Hey, thanks, Gary. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> you know, it's in in hindsight, like. Uh, 2020 obviously was what it was and everything got <laughs> delayed and everything got pushed and there were there was not a lot to talk about through that year from like a media standpoint but now i kind of i think took for granted of how much from you know especially from the marvel side that mm -hmm. we got in 2021 because we got four full on MCU movies yeah and then year. we got four, no, excuse me, five MCU Disney Plus shows because mm -hmm. we had WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, What If. Bro, and they Hawkeye. went ham. They went ham, yeah. And from the DC side, it was a pretty quiet year because all their, the only, you know, the only things they had were the, the Snyder Cut <laughs> came out in early 2021. Which is and nothing. then. The Suicide Squad in August, which was which was great, which is fantastic. Yeah, I thought we all agreed to call it Suicide Squad. Two Suicide. I squad. never agreed to that. Well, I I agreed with myself to call it that. 
I was just laughing and about. Boy, damn, would I be if this opportunity went by and I didn't say anything. <laughs> I was just laughing at Drew talking about hindsight and then talking about 2020. That was pretty good. Um, but but have have y'all realized how much DC stuff is coming out this year? Not fully. Uh, only some of it. Only some of it. Peacemaker, they're, they're, obviously. Batman. They're on on track to try and have a kind of a you know comparable year to what marvel had last year now i know like box office wise they don't have a spider-man you know with with multiple spider-mans and stuff in it you know so i don't know if if but they do have a batman movie that's coming out so it's so we have these are all the things slated to come out for 2022 okay just from the movie side you've got the batman Mm -hmm. black adam Mm -hmm. that coming out this year in july the Flash, eh. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. <laughs> I'm also pretty meh on the Flash and Aquaman. And and allegedly Batgirl is coming out this year also, mm-hmm. which that one I believe is direct is a movie direct to HBO Max. Mm, I think so. And then we got Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. It, you know, has now just started dropping, and I'm not sure. I know that they're trying to do a spinoff of the new the batman movie that's like a gotham police show um that's set in the world of that movie i don't know if that's supposed to come out this year i'm not really sure what the status is of it um i'm looking at like the wikipedia page for dceu and i was so confused why the batman wasn't on here and i realized because it's not technically in the dceu so that's yep. that's why that explains why it doesn't look like a huge piece of shit. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot. You're going to get the, the, all the Snyder fanboys are going to be out to get you. Jones. Oh, no. You oh, no. I'm going to get careful. Oh, as long as they put on deodorant before they come at me, it's fine. Okay, a bunch of stink boys. Your, uh, your mentions are going to be blowing. That's fine. That's fine. I have no respect for Snyder. I've got fans. Uh, John, would you fight Zack Snyder? I mean, you know, I feel like I owe it to my entire Persian family to fight Zack Snyder. So, Zack Snyder, if you want to settle this once and for all, I'll represent Persia, and you can bring 299 of your your favorite people with you. <laughs> and I'll apparently bring a giant fat guy with blades for arms cuz Persians are crazy. But yeah. hey man, I didn't I didn't agree to go. <laughs> I'll never forget how mad my dad was in that movie theater. <laughs> he was he was upset. He was visibly upset. It was good stuff. Uh. Um well, y'all kind of made your opinions clear when i was bringing up some of these movies because it was pretty much a meh eh, response to all of them mm-hmm. i of them i'm the most intrigued probably by the flash just because we're supposed to get michael keaton back as batman and yeah i think affleck's even back as batman in that one too in some capacity and he said that it's his last appearance i don't know it's just the whole dceu confuses me because I really thought that after the the non-success of the Justice League and how that was considered a disappointment that the DCEU was just was going to be done. 
But then obviously Aquaman and Wonder Woman did so well on their own that they got sequels. You know, Wonder Woman's already had a sequel come out with 1984 and then they're getting there's going to be a Wonder Woman 3, Aquaman 2 out this year. The the Flash movie that's coming out is, you know, continuing the Flash from the Justice League, but obviously incorporating some sort of Flashpoint um, storyline in there, which could help to reset something. <laughs> that's the only way they could possibly fix the mess that they made. Well, because that's what's so confusing to me is that you have you have Ben Affleck, who was Batman in the DCU, mm. who is now saying the Flash will be his last appearance as as Batman, which I thought he was already done. So even that's a surprise. And, you know, obviously he'll be written out somehow. Michael Keaton's back as Batman in some capacity, and he's supposed to be in the Batgirl movie. So yeah. we got Keaton, but Keaton's, you know, not very young and spry no. these days. So, which you have the younger Batman in The Batman with Robert Pattinson, but that's not part of the DCEU. So it's just strange to me that you're trying to start your new Batman franchise with a new you know, movie star in it, but it's not part of your big interconnected world. And I know that the conversation for years has been DC, what the heck are you doing? Mm. But I think even now still seeing the slate of stuff coming out, I'm st- I, I still don't really know what the answer to that is. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, what is it's the DC? kind of a, what the hell are you doing? You're yeah. exactly right. All right, man. Like, so they either need to get their shit together, right? And, control their content output and have this one charging forward uh vision or yeah, they need to fucking Snyder take over and he can do it yeah or they need to fucking stop trying and just go back to making unrelated content they they they're doing both <laughs> they need to fucking stop i i, I know I... that supposedly they're 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 bringing well they are bringing Keaton in for the Batgirl thing but have you have any of you guys I know Jahan has Drew have you watched Batman Beyond because I would love to see that's, a that's Batman what I'm Beyond saying, with Keaton man. and then if they're not going to do a Batman Beyond uh maybe like a Kingdom Come setting Batman where he's old so he has the bat drones out protecting Ooh, Gotham that'd be and cool. he's just behind the computers that'd be cool. Like that's you know I could see them making a Keaton Batman. He movie, turns everything think, into a police state. Yeah, yeah. Just bringing him in as like old Bruce Wayne to train Batgirl. I guess that's cool fan service. But I would be. still watch uh, a retired Batman movie with Keaton. I want them to do Old Man Bruce in Batman Beyond with Michael Keaton so fucking bad. But I'm not. I guess that's the breath. thing is there have been other people that have taken the Batman mantle at times when. Bruce Wayne's been out of commission, so you could still do something, you know, that way that would be different. And then you have your Batman franchise that's got Bruce Wayne Batman that's set in the 80s or whatever it is, you know, with its dark and gritty tone, but then have like a fun young, younger, new guy, you know, Batman Beyond-esque character in the DCU. I I, I don't know. I It'll be interesting. I guess, I guess the main thing is, is there's probably nothing in line for like another justice league type collaboration. So mm. I guess it really doesn't matter yeah. 
they can just do their own individual franchises and just continue those and stop trying so much to have them be interconnected, which I'm cool with as long as you just make fun, cool movies. Yeah. Well, you said you saying that that uh, reminded me that this new Batman is set in the 80s. Uh, when was Joaquin Phoenix's Joker set? Because maybe they are in the same universe. Yeah, that'd be since cool. They both appear to be in no one else's universe. I can't remember what that time frame was but there that's there has been speculation about that 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 could be a thing you know i don't because know if they have any ips that they should move forward with in my opinion they would be joaquin phoenix's joker i could see that character again uh, i don't know if i'd want another joker movie but the character was interesting enough and the uh, suicide squad right they've james uh, james gunn's suicide squad was good they can move forward with that ip and obviously they are with Peacemaker. I thought we agreed that that's called Suicide Squad, Gary. We did. Okay. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, but you've lost the right to call me, Gary. So. Oh. Yep. <laughs> so, the, and I think it would be cool if, if Pattinson's Batman was part of that universe. And maybe maybe even Suicide Squad is part of that universe, but just in the future. Um, you know, you don't know yet. We don't know yet. But there, I think they could still tie stuff together. It's not too late. But they've definitely made a a whole mess of things thus far. It's such a mess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I just try not to, you know, by talking about it as much as we have already, I guess we're diving into the the territory of, like, thinking too hard about it. But that's that's <laughs> what I try to avoid. And honestly, I, I feel like I'm always the one that's, <laughs> it's like, sour about this type of stuff. But it's honestly one of my least favorite TikTok trends are, like, the Marvel fanboys that take certain lines or things that are in the mm. background of scenes, like in the Marvel shows or movies. And they're like, this could lead to this. And this represents X, which represents yeah. the fan four. And this Love means Reed Richard is coming, you know, like that kind of stuff. I, I just try to sit back and enjoy the show mm. and, and let them surprise me. I think a lot of the stuff of like fan connections, people tried to make are, are stretching it a bit. If they come yeah. true, great. Um, I think some of that stuff comes true. You know, we a lot of speculation or, or the fans demanding things, mm. it, it happens. You know, we saw that with with um, Vincent D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox, you know, in, on the Marvel side. But I don't know. I just sometimes you see these deep dives of guys on TikTok and I'm just like, <laughs> I can't help but be the one that's watching. And maybe it's because I'm getting older, but yeah. I can't help but watch and say. You know, don't you have literally anything? Else See, I enjoy, I really enjoy speculation. I think it amuses me, it entertains me. I like doing it. I like thinking about it. But sometimes, like, man, they are turning like crumbs into meals and shit, dude. Like, so, you know, I think it's super cool. I'm not one of those guys because I'm scared of spoilers, particularly. So I don't watch any of those because I don't want any any of them to be right and be like, ah, oh, that guy, like, he figured it out. Uh, I'd rather just go in blind. So I I think that's really cool. It's a cool hobby, and I respect the guys who analyze that stuff and do figure it out. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, it's not it's not for me. I, I when I was younger, right, I would get excited about that stuff for the upcoming Spider Man movies. But now I'd rather be surprised by what surprises Marvel has in store. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch uh, yeah, a trailer. I'm just not trying to analyze the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that being said, there was a new trailer um, for the Batman that just recently dropped. And, you know, I don't have too much to say about it. It looked great. I mean, the movie looks good. I'm excited for it. It showed a lot more 
Paul Dano uh, Riddler stuff and really gave you a look at, at what the Riddler looks like and more of his voice and things, which I think is cool. Um, you know, the first trailer had a lot more Penguin in it, which I, re I really think that Colin Farrell's Penguin is just going to be, you know, maybe just at the beginning of the movie or, or something. I think it's going to be a small part, you know, and the Riddler is going to be the main villain of that of that film. But the, the second trailer really got us more of a look at that. So and a lot more Catwoman in the second trailer. Also. Yeah, a lot more Catwoman. Catwoman looked dope. I liked it. I was there mm -hmm. for it. I mean, it looks cool. It looks like a different, a fresh take. I'm, I like Robert Pattinson. I'm interested to see. I'm not necessarily 100% sold on him as Batman yet, but I like him a lot, and I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him. So I'm, I'm hoping it'll be good. But that comes out. I mean, that'll be here before we know it in March. So you're, so. you're an Edward guy. I got gotcha. you. I'm not an Edward guy, but I am a. a a Robbie, Robbie P guy. <laughs> Robbie P guy. Yeah. So I just, I watched the newest trailer like very recently. Uh, it looks, I think it looks great. I think it looks really fun. Uh, it looks like it has a lot of action, a lot of, uh, it looks gritty. Uh, and it looks like it has a good storyline. It looks like they really thought something. The Riddler, <laughs> I think the Riddler going to be fucked up, man. I'm excited. You know what doesn't look that great? What? <laughs> did you see the picture that they released of the new Batgirl costume? You didn't like it? Uh-oh. I mean, it looks fine for a CW DC show. That's what everyone's saying. People say it looks fine for a CW. Uh, but it is and you know, it stinks, comics I, that was my That was my first reaction to it. Like, this looks like more for one of those, those DC shows. Uh, on CW, and I thought that was like a really original take. And then you go find all the thousands of people that had already tweeted that mm -hmm. before me. So I was I was late to the party, but I had the thought before reading it anywhere. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, I mean you know it's a comic accurate Batgirl costume. I don't see the issue. I think it looked. I mean, I kind of I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? It doesn't not look kind of cheesy. I mean, it looks cheesy because it's a comics accurate costume. Uh, but I thought it looked pretty good. I thought she looked, you know, cool. and to your point, it's like, I don't know what I would have been expecting otherwise, mm. you know? So yeah. Uh, it looks pretty terrible. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> I was waiting for the Gary take. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I, I knew what the Gary take was. So like, I, I mean, I'm also, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about the other characters in DCU, right? Like, uh, the Flash, they they stick pretty true to how vibrant his costumes are, and Peacemaker is in a ridiculous costume. Yeah. Uh, everyone is pretty much in their comic book costumes. They're they're not reimagined that much for screen, so I guess that's fine. But it does look pretty bad. I think uh, it looks cool. I I don't think it looks cool. I like it. The, the actress, Leslie Grace, uh, she was in In the Heights that came out mm. earlier uh, or in 2021, um, which she was actually really good in. That's literally her only film credit, like looking at her filmography. Ooh. Wow. It's her only movie. And then now she'll be Batgirl. So, you know, um, she obviously impressed enough to get the role. Good for her. It looks like the, the cast that's listed right now is... Um, Leslie Grace as Barbara Gordon slash Batgirl. J.K. Simmons will be returning mm. as Commissioner Gordon. Uh, Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne. And Gary? What? Do you know who's playing 
Firefly in it? The, the <laughs> pyromaniac I villain? Knew. I know who. No. Guess. Brendan Fraser. <laughs> my, boy, my boy. My boy. What's up, Brendan Fraser? Welcome back. Well, he's already in the DCU. I, I feel like you could be a robot and also like Are those shows boy. linked to the DCU? Not to get into that whole... I don't think so. Look, I don't know if anything's linked to the DCU. <laughs> but now he's two characters in the DCU. Doom Patrol you know, is linked to the live-action Teen Titans show... And I don't know if those are linked to any of the CW stuff, but I don't think they are. Uh, I, don't, that, I think they're, they're their own thing, too, because yeah. wasn't that all kind of launched initially on the... What was that DC streaming service that launched that Ooh. already got... They got eaten and, by and HBO. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even yeah. remember what it was called. I forgot that happened. I also forgot that happened. That's not good. Uh, DC's having a rough go of it. Who? I feel like someone was going to buy them recently. Oh, that Batgirl costume, you know what it looks like? Is it looks like some shit out of Batman Forever. And, it, like, you know, with, with Jim Carrey and Mr. Freeze and that Robin and that Batman, that's the quality it looks like. The best uh, Batman movie? That was... Yeah, probably the worst one, which is why when I see that outfit, I'm like, boy, that looks terrible. It looks like it's right out of the worst Batman The worst movie. one was... Uh... Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. I actually liked him as Mr. Freeze, but that movie was probably the worst one. <laughs> yeah, this costume looks directly out of that movie. Like, Val- if Batgirl had been in that movie, that's the costume she would have worn. Val Kilmer is my Batman. Interesting take. <laughs> my Batman is Christian Bale. That's fair. That's fair. My, same, what you, same, I think probably. even Val Kilmer would get mad at you for saying that Maybe. he's your Batman. Maybe. But he um, definitely well, has the worst Batmobile. Well, talking about things being bad, let's talk about something that's not bad, which yeah. is we. So all of us have watched the first three episodes of Peacemaker that mm-hmm. just came out on Thursday. Sure have. And it's just funny how these things work out with with superhero shows. I I'm not as deep in the DC lore as I am with Marvel. So Peacemaker wasn't a character I was familiar with until John Cena was cast as him in in Suicide Squad, and now here we are with a, a Peacemaker series. I, I remember thinking that news when it was announced before the Suicide Squad had even come out that they were doing a show that that was interesting, and now it's here, and it's just crazy how a character I didn't even know who it was, you know, a little over a year ago, now has his own his own show. Yeah. Um, what did y'all think of Peacemaker? Uh... Flat my my like just first impression. I like it. It's good. It's good stuff. Uh, so uh, when I, I saw the trailer, I was expecting you to be a lot more animated. When, when I saw the, the well, the I was just gonna. I like it. I didn't want to get too into it too fast, but when I saw the trailer, <laughs> I thought it looked a lot like the Tick. Um, and when I watched it, it did. Uh, it, it had a lot of that energy. Uh, honestly, where I feel that that's coming from, uh, was a lot of it was coming from the vigilante. He really, like him, both of them on screen together, it's got that tick vibe. Like it, yep. Cause I mean, you know, costume superhero just walking around like it's normal. Um, and then like <laughs> the fucking, uh, his dad, uh, Peacemaker's dad is like, you know, a bad guy. And, uh, and the T1000. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh. 
I uh, love him as a villain. Everyone can get behind hating a clan grand dragon, racist neo Nazi, like white dragon. Yeah, you know, yeah. The only thing that made him laugh was a story about a tortured child being eaten by rats. Like, yeah, that guy's a piece of shit. We can mm-hmm. all get behind him being the bad guy. I, I'm, I'm definitely in on that villain. Which, by the way, I'll just I'll just call it now. Like, I think this is going to be kind of an open discussion of the first three episodes. So anything goes. I'm not too worried about spoilers here. So just if anybody is out there, spoiler alert. We're going to be talking pretty openly about this. It's just the first three episodes. I think there's going to be eight total. So there's it's not like we're going to be spoiling the whole series here. We're just spoiling what we've seen. But yeah. So so yeah, first episode, first episode. What'd you guys think? Uh, I loved all the little reveals. I loved him returning to his shit trailer. Uh, It was a mess. That trailer was hilarious, yeah. and then the mailbox for the trailer was even better. Bro, and then he had, like, that gnome with the, the machine gun uh, sitting in front. Excellent. Did you see his mailbox? The mailbox is just the trailer. It's the exact trailer. And his trailer it's, looks like a spaceship, doesn't it? It's it's a one-and-a-half-story American flag trailer, and his mailbox is a two-scale, one-and-a-half-story American flag trailer mailbox. It's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, no, I noticed his novel. I didn't realize that it was the same as his trailer. Uh, what a character. How'd you... Well, yeah, go ahead. and speaking of what a character, yeah. just talking about John Cena in general, I think that... <laughs> and this probably goes for Gary as well. Like, I think that whenever there's a wrestler-turned-actor, especially for us jaded wrestling fans, you yeah. kind of look at them under you know, a bigger magnifying glass than you would others. Cause you're just interested to see how they make the transition into acting. Mm-hmm. And John Cena is just kind of an especially interesting person just because of his wrestling persona and how, how he was the guy for so long. And I think with the rock, everybody always kind of knew the one day the rock was going to go off and, and be a movie star. He just always kind of had that about him. And John Cena for so long was like, I'm never leaving WWE. This is, this is, I'm here yeah. to stay. And then started, you know, he dabbled in movies through WWE. And now, you know, he's, he's very, very bad movies. You know, maybe makes an occasional WrestleMania appearance, but he's not a full time wrestler anymore. He is now a full time actor and has done a lot to separate himself from the, you know, just all American good guy, child you know, friendly. The, rated G, mm, you know, for general audiences. Rated G, that's John Cena. And uh, I, I mean, in movies like, um, oh gosh, what's the movie? Blo- uh, Blockers. I don't know if y'all saw that. Um, it was sure a comedy that came out a couple of years ago, which was surprisingly decent, a lot better than I expected. And oh, he's pretty good in it. Cock blockers. The it's one cock with, blockers. Um, but they just called it blockers. Doesn't he do uh, like a, a beer bong with his ass or whatever? I believe yes, I okay. I think that does <laughs> between that and Trainwreck and then the Suicide Squad. He I thought he was genuinely funny in the Suicide Squad and really yeah. really good. And so, you know, but even still, tuning into Peacemaker, I'm like, all right, Cena, like, you know, let's see what you got. And I thought the opening scene, you know, between him and the janitor and everything. Oh was my god, really great, really Love good me. dialogue. And I had gotten a text or a message from a friend beforehand that just just mentioned something about the the opening sequence or something of the show as being funny or that it was something 
And uh, and man, when the opening, when the actual opening credits start, <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask I, how you feel about that. I was blown away. I mean, I it's brilliant. It's mm. hilarious. It's it's the only opening credit sequence of any show I'm watching right now that I won't skip. I'll watch it every time. <laughs> and I cannot believe that my TikTok algorithm hasn't shown me somebody recreating the dance yet. Because you know that's, that's fair. Coming. That's fair. That's got to be coming. Yeah, James Gunn actually said point blank that his uh, goal with that opening credit scene was to make an uh, opening credit ske- uh, scene to kill the skip button. Uh, he wanted He wanted everyone to watch it every time. I skip it. I saw I it once. Know. I also skip it, and oh, the first time I saw nope. it, I was like, man, I'll never skip this. And then the second time it started, I was like, yeah, I'm going to skip this. I'm going to skip it. Uh-uh. I've watched it each time. I actually watched it a fourth time because I made my wife watch it, to which she the whole time was going, this is so stupid. This is so fucking stupid. And I was like, no, this is great. This <laughs> yeah. is wonderful. <laughs> How'd you guys feel about Eagly? Eagly the Eagle. Uh, I love Eagly, and what, what there's one particular scene that did it for me, and it was whenever Eagly had his head out the window like, and ah. his tongue was blowing yeah. in the wind like he was uh, an eagle dog. Uh, uh, yeah, that did it for I, me. I, I was like, I'm on, I'm on board with this character. It's it's so very dumb and so good. There are some points where the the CG on Eagly I think is a little bit suspect, but it, I feel like that almost makes him funnier. I, like I feel it like it's really good. I'm surprised, like, because I prefer practical effects whenever you can. But goddamn, there that's are a, sometimes that's where, a good eagle. where I'm like, I'm legitimately questioning if they used a real mm-hmm. eagle or not. And then there's other times where it looks, you know, you can tell. But yeah, I mean, from the opening credits up until the the fight, you know, at the end of the first episode, that results in literally a lady being you essentially evaporated <laughs> <laughs> with uh you're talking about uh in the parking lot yes oh yes. my god oh that whole One situation of the butterflies that he's hunting yeah the sonic boom helmet that was great that i got... loved all the different helmets i loved the dad's kind of like secret <laughs> like the Bro, when he opened that door lab. and it was like a fourth dimensional gateway into like some crazy like storage facility that was that I was like what the fuck I wasn't expecting that I also think that sorry one of my dogs is in here and he was just shaking I don't know if y'all could hear it um I one of the interesting things with James Gunn in particular which by the way I knew that he created the show and I knew that he you know produced it and everything I did not realize that he was directing too and Same. He directed, I did not know that and I, so I was shocked at the first episode when yeah, it said he written wrote and directed. It, dude, by James. Yeah, it's crazy. So he directed the first three for sure. I'm looking, at least according to Wikipedia, the most trustworthy of sources. He's also <laughs> sixth and eighth episodes, but there are a couple other directors that will be directing some. But he's James Gunn's directing over half the episodes. But I thought that was really cool. I thought that that gave it um, even a little more oomph when you know that you know, kind of the man behind the character, at least the movie version of the character, is, is you know, helping run the show. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised to see John Cena get a directorial credit in this show, in, maybe in the second or third season if it keeps going, um, because he's, he's a producer on this also, and he's been acting for a while, and he seems to have a pretty good grip of the character, and so I think that directing an episode is not totally out of the question. I think that he he could do a good job. I think he has a. I, 
I don't know if it's because of the events of Suicide Squad or if it is him understanding the character better, but the character seems better developed now. Uh, I enjoy they, I like Peacemaker more now. They really worked on character development really quick. Yeah. And one of the things that really helped do that was making his father such a vile, hateable piece, a piece of, of shit. shit. Yeah, I hate that guy. And with his dad being such a piece of shit, and you, you can see uh peacemaker pushing away from that and getting away from that you can kind of see why he why he sucks uh because he says things still that are you know he's he's still shitty peacemaker still sucks but he's sucking less and less and you can see why he sucks you can see why he's starting to suck less you can see the character growing they're working on the development and making you not hate him um one of the things i really liked about the show is that he is hateable Mm-hmm. In like almost an always sunny in Philadelphia type of way, yeah, peace in, in like you're not really even rooting for him. You're just gonna see what he stumbles into next, and he just is constantly getting hurt. He's getting stabbed. He's getting shot. He's falling, and he's just kind of a piece of shit. Shitty things happen to him, and his life sucks. And there's something <laughs> really funny about it, bro. His escape from the apartment where he stops to steal her records, and then he's crashing out of the patios man that whole thing i I literally started crying laughing at that the fourth fall (laughs) when they broke the rule of three and he fell a fourth time i lost it i (laughs) so i was dying same and like i love that kind of stuff the like deconstructing you know action movie heroes and things and how often do you watch an action movie where somebody you know jumps off of one balcony onto the one below and then onto the one below that and they do it parkour style like it's so easy and in that second episode when he's jumping from balcony to balcony how like <laughs> each one made me cringe like like hurt me watching yeah, they look painful, painful. Yeah. And, it, and it happened multiple times and each one looked looked more and more painful by the end you're like i was literally almost squeamish at it like ah gosh like thinking that literally his leg's gonna break or snap or something because each one looked like it hurt so bad man them talking about the music when he was tying them up and him flirting with that woman and then i don't know man so many things and then i love the diner scene a lot where they're just making fun of him for being a dipshit <laughs> for like you wore your costume to the diner and then the bus boy you know who you find it like i figured that that's who that was when he got all excited the scene where he's in the dumpster, right? And he invites that guy to an abortion. <laughs> like, <laughs> the vigilante invites a co-worker. Talking to, to his co-worker. Man, what an awkward conversation. Vigilante I, I was is hilarious. Is it Kronos? Is that his name? I don't know. Kronos. The, the, the hacker. Oh, you're talking yeah. about the the uh, dye beard? Yeah, but what's his actual name? Bro, I don't know. They keep yeah, calling him exactly. like the economist or something. Oh, Economos. Yeah, John like John Economos is his name. Economos. Uh, I I loved him in Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. I loved and and then wasn't he? He was in Suicide Squad, right? And then also Suicide Squad. He was in both. Yeah, I think so. He was definitely think- in Suicide Squad. Yeah, he was one of those characters that was in Suicide Squad that you're like, oh, good, they brought him back. Like, good that they brought, you know, the office people, Waller back. Good that they brought that hacker back. 
And it's good that they brought that character to this show. He's a lot of fun to watch. He seems mm-hmm. really natural on camera. He seems like he's really being himself. Uh, and, and he's just he's he's just very pleasant to watch. He, he always makes me laugh. Him taking down him taking down the bodyguard with that golf club right at the end was great. And uh, I, the only one of the team of like their little tactical team that wasn't in the Suicide Squad movie is the actress's name is Danielle Brooks, but I, I think her name is Leota. Leota right. Adebayo. <laughs> Which they did a good job, though, of like, even though she's not part of the team from the movie, as we saw at the end of the first episode, mm. she's Amanda Waller's daughter. Is that right? So she has that direct tie. Yeah. So that's it. That's an interesting twist, I think. Mm. Yeah, no, I love I love all the characters. Uh, the the handler, the head handler. Um <laughs> He's really funny, too. Uh, the scene where they're trying to save Peacemaker uh and like that bomb goes off i was laughing pretty hard i don't know like i go through periods where i'm just watching and i'm enjoying it and then i'm crying uh i'm laughing so hard and i'm i'm definitely glad that hbo max gave us three episodes to watch mm-hmm. over the, you know because it really gave a good start and now i'm excited for the fourth one and and for it to become you know a weekly show to watch there's a part of me that's like man but y'all could have just dropped one and i think the first episode was good enough yeah. that it could have been you know two additional weeks that mm. people would be really talking about the show maybe i'm giving it too much credit but um I mean, but I can't complain too much for them giving us more, you know? <laughs> yeah, as far as... as, far right. as what? Go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. As far as uh, the success of the show goes, so, like, all the tick attempts failed, right? You know what I mean? I don't know if Man, that... Man, the Amazon Live one didn't fail. Amazon failed. Yeah, Am- yeah, that one. I thought that one was really funny, man. I, I liked there a lot of fans clamoring for a third season. And I, I loved... Movie the amazon tick show give it to james gunn and it won't (laughs) uh so like i don't know i'm i have hope for this i just don't know what the reception is going to be the humor is very like me i like it i just don't know how broad it's going to reach i don't know i I didn't do the market research but um yeah yeah i mean i can even attest to my wife watched the suicide squad with me Mm. and i think i talked about it on that episode how she wasn't sure it was going to be her thing she ended up laughing and thinking it was fun you know and had a good time i showed her the trailer for peacemaker and she laughed at points during the trailer and she but after it was done she said yeah you know you can watch it that's you're you're good (laughs) and i said okay that's fine you know just wanted to give you the opportunity um if she sat down and watched it, I think she'd probably think it was funny, but you know, she, she doesn't care that much. So I guess that talks that maybe represents some of the mainstream appeal there. I don't know. It's pretty niche. It's a pretty it's, niche uh, show. Uh, it, yeah. It's pretty crude compared to the other ones too. There's a, a it, it might be the most crude superhero thing so far. Probably. Um, it's very, it's very violent. It's very crude. I mean, like I said, there was an abortion joke in like the first episode. Yeah, um, I haven't watched the boys. Is the boys more the boys violent? Man, I don't know. It, so the boys is probably way more violent, honestly. Oh yeah. Also, yeah. if you want to see a and child get shot in the face, then watch Peacemaker. I don't know. If they, <laughs> I don't think they showed it, but you are right. <laughs> True, they did it. They didn't yeah. show it. 
if you want to watch a, a shrinking man jump inside of a woman's vagina, watch The Boys. Because uh, oh, that that happened. Yeah, if that's that's my example of how crude that show gets. It gets pretty fucking crude, man. Yeah, that's pretty crude. Uh, uh, well, and then uh, the other only other thing that I was thinking I wanted to touch on with the Peacemaker or Peacemaker. No, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a the in the title. Anyway, but I thought a funny reveal at the end of the third episode was once you actually see the, I mean, I guess alien creature that is basically a butterfly. And so that was the whole joke with the suicide squad is they were, it was project starfish. And then it turned out project starfish actually was <laughs> just a, a giant starfish. Yeah. And this is project butterfly. And it turns out the alien actually is just basically a butterfly. Yeah. It, I, I, I appreciated that a lot. Um, I'll never forget the scene with the bodyguard kicking and throwing flaming hot Cheetos into John Cena's eyes. Bro, Judo Master was hilarious. We are, we're like, you know, 20, 30 minutes into Peacemaker conversation. There are a lot of moments in these three episodes. There's a lot. There's a lot to a lot talk to about. Yeah. It's a it's a good show, and I, I think it's certified fresh out the podcast. I'm going to keep watching it. I agree. For sure. And and on that note, one of the things I loved about it, the first episode I think was like 45 minutes and the second and third ones were both right at 40 minutes. And I thought they were both crisp, went by quick. And I loved that. I think it's one of my biggest complaints about a lot of Netflix series is they push them. And I think they're, a lot of them are too long. There's too many episodes or the yeah. episodes go too long. A show like this and it's, and Marvel's been doing well with this, with their shows and even the star Wars shows on Disney plus, but like, you know, give me, I'd ra- much rather get 35, 40 minutes of just packed content that's good. Mm. I don't need, you know, an hour of it, and you know, where a third of it is a drag. Yeah. So I thought that was, uh, I was surprised to see the episodes were clocking in around 40 this, minutes. The show definitely minutes. does not drag. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I, I don't care how long your episodes are. If your episodes are 15 minutes and they're action-packed and fucking awesome, I'll watch all of your episodes and I won't complain about their links. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch good just stuff. Just make yeah. it drag. Same. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I can't, so... Before we, I, I really, I just love the vigilante and I love their friendship montage and I love their whole when he catches John Cena crying scene. I, that, that might have been my favorite. Just doing facial exercises. No, I'm not going to turn around here. You can show me your dick. <laughs> what? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Look at my crotch. No, that's what they say right before you get a face full of hot jizz. That's fucking just the most ridiculous conversation ever. Yeah, uh, and always having to quote the most the most crude moments of the show. Hey, Thank you, you can say jizz on the radio. <laughs> you did, uh, Drew. You mentioned the Disney Plus content also, you know, being appropriately edited, right? Cut down and action packed. Uh, and you guys have been watching Book of Boba, right? Mm-hmm. Both of you. I so I watched all of Mandalorian in yeah. the past like two weeks. I watched from season one. We we shamed you for having not seen it, and now that's correct. You're caught up. And I'm caught up. I watched all of it, and I've watched all of Book of Boba. So I'm I'm ready to go. Uh, I'm uh, here. I am. Uh, I like the twins. Where you guys? Where bro, you guys at? I love the twins. I love them. I absolutely love the twins. Uh, Mandalorian 
is our Jin Din Djarin. He's fucking awesome. Boy, is he awesome. Boba's Boba's pretty cool, but Mandalorian Mando, he fucking rules. Dude, Mandalorian was like the greatest television that I've seen. It's definitely some of the best Star Wars content, period. Uh, and season two goes so hard. Uh, season and two is fantastic. Were, there were train heists and there's fights and oh my god, it was awesome. You're right. Everything was awesome. The Darksaber is awesome. Yeah, Giancarlo Esposito is an awesome villain and <laughs> having just come off of playing Far Cry 6 where he's the villain, I was so ready for more. And he's I so got good, it. And man. He, He's even better. I, I, I'm not even sure which one he's a better villain in. He's such a great villain. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm a mark for Giancarlo Esposito now. And I might have been before, but I definitely am now. So glad that you got caught up with it, Gary. And, the, and, the, so and that you liked it. And that you liked it. I think that's important, too. Um, yeah, I think so far for me, Boba Fett's been, been really good. I've I've enjoy i think i've enjoyed because you know they've done a lot of the kind of parallel uh storylines with you know the past and the present basically of that show and i yeah. think i enjoyed a lot of the stuff going on in the present a little bit more than but i liked all the tuscan raider stuff and i like how the shows can give more lore to the things in star wars we already know and i think that's what the new the newest trilogy of movies didn't really do is it kind of gave us more just, you know, star Wars story, not like m expanding on the stuff that's cool. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the, the most recent trilogy. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and, I, and honestly, we just had such a long peacemaker discussion. Uh, like, I think we can probably just say, let's just agree that the skywalkers are the least interesting part of star Wars. And this is awesome to finally focus on characters that are in them. Yes. That, I, that family can go off to the corner of Star Wars and fuck off and show us more of Star Wars that isn't Skywalker related. Jedis are and awesome. It's cool that they exist. I like seeing them from time to time. I mean, they're kind of, they can be kind of boring, man. And there's a debate to be had that modern Star Wars lends itself way better to TV series than mm. to movies, but that's... A whole other discussion too, but so Peacemaker certified fresh out the box, hundred percent. Boba Fett certified fresh out the box so Absolutely. far. Absolutely. Uh, how much? So you've seen all of it, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Rancor. Oh uh, man, the dude. Yeah, the whole Danny Trejo. That was great. I was like, what the? Fuck? I wasn't expecting yes. that. Yeah. Oh man, I love Danny Trejo's gonna get a recurring role. Yeah, it looks like he's going to stick around. I wasn't expecting that. Um, the... It was fun to see. I don't think it was that surprising, knowing Robert Rodriguez's level of... That's uh, fair. ...in the show and that's directing. Fair. But that's still, you know, I uh, I thought it was cool. I didn't it's... even think about that. That's hilarious. It's not surprising, but it is awesome. And him being a Rancor trainer is such a good fit for him also. It's so cool. Uh, and I'm... I want to see more of the Rancor trainer. I'm loving uh, Boba Fett and the way he's handling business and handling his court. And even the mayor's, uh, the mayor's lackey. I love the way that he <laughs> delivers his lines. He's such a smarmy shit. A and I ended up, uh, I ended up looking that guy up. And he's been an actor in just like a handful of things that you haven't heard of. But he's a Hollywood writer. And he's written for a ton of movies and a bunch of comedies. And so this is one of his biggest roles he's ever had, which I thought was really cool because he's 
he kills it. You know, he's, he's such a, a great. Job, yeah. yeah, I love that character. Um, I yeah, tell you, yeah. I was not feeling the new speeder bikes. Mm. It was kind of the general consensus between everybody I talked to was like, eh, you know, it's kind of weird. Is it was kind of cool in theory, maybe not so great in execution, and we kind of were making. F- <laughs> Gary and I were in a chat with some friends, and they were basically making fun of how slow the speeders seemed. It was they the slowest chase really ever. Slow. That's because they weren't speeders; they were Vespas. Yeah, they looked like Vespas. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of their design. Uh, the Power Ranger color is a little silly. I enjoy the young gangster like being taken in. The young gangsters being taken in by Boba and kind of like that oh, whole yeah. thing. I enjoyed that. The droid. The droid. Um, I loved the design of the, of the gang with the, who are augmented with droid parts. Yeah, and such. very cool. So I really like. I really like it on paper. I love like Jahan said him bringing up this young gang and they're probably going to be his trusted lieutenants by the end of it all. And it's really cool that they're half droids, they're augmented, they're having a hard time. He's, you know, they they just fit exactly what he needs. But I don't like their actual aesthetic. Um, I think the droid parts look cool on them, but their clothes are super clean and, like, super modern. And Tatooine, for the most part, we've seen uh, all sorts of different outfits over the years, but nothing (laughs) nothing that quite sticks out like you picked it up at a... Uh, hot topic. Yeah, a lot of people were upset with the the clothes. It, it is a little off, um, but it the wasn't. Clothes are off. Their bikes are off. It really just seems like those characters were pulled from a different universe and dropped into Kinda. Tatooine. Uh, it's not a deal breaker for me. I still think it's fine, uh, and they are competent, and I enjoy that. Uh, the, I love the Wookie uh, bounty hunter. That <laughs> shit was like top tier. That might have been my favorite part. Uh, both his introduction in episode two and his use in episode three is fantastic. I was so there for it. Um, and, and you I know love he's the coming twins. back. Oh. Uh, the Wookiee will certainly be back. The Wookiee biting was such a terrifying weapon. <laughs> it's and, biting. That is, and that is a character from the Marvel Star Wars comics that now has been brought to life mm. on the screen. Because... Okay. Um, the Wookiee, I ble- I'm going to say his name wrong. I believe it's Black Kersantan, I think is his I think name. so. I think that's right. And he, in the Darth Vader series of com- of comic books, was actually with Boba Fett. Like, they were working together as bounty hunters. So now, and, and the Darth Vader series of comics, I believe, took place between A New Hope and Empire, if I have my information right. Or maybe, I can't remember. Um so anyway, that's in the past. So now it's interesting seeing them be on opposing sides, which I think lent itself well to when, you know, Boba Fett let him go mm. and said, you know, no hard feelings because they get it. You know, it's part of the job. Thought that was good. Yeah, he, said, mm. he basically said, don't work for huts. You know, you can't yeah. trust a hut. Yeah, definitely one of those things where you don't need to have read the comics. But if you have, you just get a little bit more reward out of it. I don't think it takes away anything from watching the show. Yeah, I loved I loved the Wookiee. Um, I wasn't expecting huts, like f- not for any reason in particular. It makes sense for them to be there. I wasn't expecting it, and when they were revealed, I kind of was like, "Oh my god!" You know. And yeah, the only thing I needed was uh, more huts. That was awesome. It was awesome. 
Um, they're they're gross and they're you know how do you make uh, job of the hut more gross you make two of them one's a male one's a female they're twins and they're intertwined and touching each other the whole time mm. so they're like these weird incestuous slug twins oh man they're absolutely vile uh, they're they're great as disgusting crime lords in space it's exactly what you want on the screen I was also pumped to see huts just cause give me more huts in all of star Wars. As far as I'm concerned, give me yeah. a hut TV show. Give me, just give me huts. Give me all the huts. I'm excited for when this catches up to Boba Fett in the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. From his, yeah, his past storyline. Yeah, from his past storyline. I'm excited to see it catch up to there. And then, uh, I'm excited for the present, maybe to have some cameos. Uh, I guess I, my last question would be if you could pick anyone from the Mandalorian to show up in the present timeline of the book of Boba Fett, uh, who would it be? Anyone, including like bad guys, whatever. Mandalorian to show up. Gosh. in Boba Fett. Yeah, I'm a bit torn. I'm a bit torn. Uh, It'd be cool if Mando himself showed up. It'd be awesome if Ahsoka showed up. Um, well, they are doing an Ahsoka show. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if she did somehow tie in. Yeah. Um, give me more of that Bill Burr. Yeah, I was going to say you, maybe Bill Burr. That's probably what wanna, I would have said too. If you want to bring Bill Burr on full time in Boba's court, uh, I, I'd be okay with that. I could see. I could watch Bill Burr every week shooting people and talking shit. I'd also be very cool with uh, Katie Sackop's Bo-Katan showing up as well. So are we, uh, are we saying Book of Boba Fett? Certified officially? fresh. Certified fresh out the Certified box. Certified fresh. Uh, while we're on Disney Plus, I, uh, I just wanted to talk about Eternals real quick. It just came out last week. Um, I could pretty much sum it up with one phrase, which is "eter." No, thank you. <laughs> uh, did you watch the whole thing? Did you finish it, Gary? I'm yeah, I have curious. nothing else to say. No, did you finish watching the movie? No, I think that's what I think that's what he's saying. Oh, okay, he, he, he's he's not at liberty to discuss that. He just no, thank you. Eter, no, thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's an opinion. Uh, it, Thanks. Well, it wasn't the best. It might have been the worst. Uh, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't the best of the MCU. I don't think it was the worst, personally. It might have been the worst, though. It, maybe. Uh, parts of it were really <laughs> good, though. Parts of it were really good, but as a whole, uh, it wasn't my favorite. I wanted to like it more. Uh, yeah, I, liked, I wanted to like it, too. I liked fuck. the past stuff a lot. I would have watched the whole ass past Eternals movie. I think uh, the sad part is is that I saw it you know, in theaters back in November... So I saw it, and I ha it happened. Yeah, and I, it's it's gone. Like I don't I don't know if I even remember that I, much. I, I remember liked it better than Ghostbusters. I, I liked all the different yeah. power levels they had, and I thought it was funny that Kumail Nanjiani was basically just Jubilee. Like he just wore a dope fucking jacket and, and threw sparklers to people, and everyone else had badass lasers, and his were kind of just like pew pew. <laughs> it didn't do a whole lot. Uh, yeah. The, those heroes were pretty... The Eternals are pretty forgettable. Almost all of them. And I, I don't know if that's 
a fault of the characters or a fault of the director, but uh, I didn't know who any of the any of the Guardians of the Galaxy were, and now they're all household names. Yeah. And I didn't know who any of the Eternals were, and I still fucking don't. Yeah, and the only the main difference there is, you know, the main Guardians team is half the amount of people as the Eternal Squad, but I don't know if that really matters that much because. Guardians introduced so much in in one movie. Sure. As far as the MCU is concerned. But yeah, I mean, again, similar to the take on Batgirl's outfit, the the take on Eternals for me, this isn't an original take by any means, but just seems like it could have been a much better series and, you know, focus an episode on each character and give more background on them and get to know them because there's so many because I think that's that was my take when I saw it. And I think what I said on here was just, you know, I sat and watched it. I didn't have any emotional attachment to anything. I just kind of watched it and then it was done. And I said, okay. And, and I, actually, was it. I was never really truly yeah. invested in it. There are some parts I really liked. Uh, like I said, I like the past stuff. I really liked the relationship between Angelina Jolie's character and Gilgamesh and their Boy, whole thing. I thought her character was awful. I oh actually liked God. her character. Uh, a lot more she, than I expected it to. Uh, and I thought that she was terrible, too. Uh, she just seemed like Angelina Jolie. I liked her. I liked her, in it, uh, if I'm being completely honest. And what else was I going to say? Damn it, I was going to say something else, but I forgot. Um, no, it's okay. Um, I mean, I like parts of it, but it's definitely not, not the best. And I think the ones that I liked the most were... Kamal Nanjiani, for sure, yeah. which I believe his character's name was K- Kango or K- something. It's something like that. Oh and God. I liked Brian Tyree Henry. Um, is that Druig? Just because I, I like him in general. Druig? Yes. I like yes, Druig. Druig was cool. Stuff. Druig was really yeah. cool. Oh, no, Druig's the one that uh, controls minds. Yeah, I thought he was a good little villain. A good little villainous, you know, yes, good scary character. Rather. Oh, yeah, I like him too. I like that actor. He's he's an interesting guy, and he plays an interesting guy in a lot of stuff. A lot of yeah. the characters are really cool individually. Uh, the ensemble didn't really go well. Um, but oh yeah, the other thing I was gonna say, Kit Harrington. Like, what the fuck? Like, I really thought that there was gonna be more going on there. Uh, I thought he was going to be like a part of the movie in any way, shape, or form, uh, but he wasn't, and it was weird. It's like he's going to be a part of the future of it in some capacity. So. Yeah, I mean, he's like, I found out stuff about my family. It's like, who the fuck cares? Like, you weren't in the movie. I don't know, but that that was one of my big, uh, what's going on kind of moments. But yeah, I mean, the Eternals. It could have been better. I'll agree. I'll agree. It definitely could have been better. It was a big floor full of puke. <laughs> Gary, turn no thank you. Turn no thank you. Uh, well, fair enough. Well, uh, while we're talking about our, you know, our takes for the week, uh, I want to talk about Scream. Uh, so I, back in, I think, October around Halloween, I watched the first Scream and I told y'all about it that I had, you know, was surprised I'd never seen it. Um, I have now watched the entire franchise, including <laughs> the newest film that came out just this week. Uh, so I watched Scream 2, 3, and 4. And first off, that series is really consistently good. Like, even the ones that are weaker are still have a lot to enjoy about them. And uh, the, you know, the 
the first one came out, I think, in 96. The second one came out, like, less than a year later because the first one was so successful. And then the third one came out in 2000. Flash forward to 11 years later, they had the fourth one came out in 2011. Fast forward forward to another 11 years later, and we're getting the fifth one. And uh, I'll I'll say this. I kind of feel bad, like, as if I'm a hardcore fan of the franchise when I've literally just watched them all for the first time, like, within the past month. But I just enjoyed them so much, and I think it's still the newest one. I still got a lot out of it since I did revisit them. And I think that fans of the series will find a lot to like. Um, All the tongue-in-cheek kind of meta humor is still there, and I think it's still funny and it's still creative. They find new ways to be creative with it um, while also still sticking to the formula. So, um, yeah, so that's Scream. It's good, the new one. Scream five, but not called Scream five. I know my older brother saw it and said he liked it a lot. Um, it, I don't. Yeah. Know, I will watch this one. Is it available anywhere other than? Is Scream available anywhere only, other than theaters? Only in theaters. Only in theaters. All right, I might have to wait, or I might have to go to the theater. So, um, so that's that. Oh, also, just a shout out to another podcast I like um, on the Big Picture, which is the Ringers movie podcast. They did an episode in late December that's the oral history of Scream, and it's just the oral history of the first Scream movie, and it includes interviews from a lot, a lot of the cast and producers and people that worked on the film. And it's a really, really good listen if you're a, a fan of the series, and especially a fan of the first movie, which is um, 25 years old now, which is kind of crazy. Wow. But yeah, so that's Scream. Um, also, as far as movies go, I saw Sing 2. So, um, and it was fun. And it's it's cute and fun. And if you like the first Sing, it's more of that. And it's, it's you know, kind of like a, what do they call it? Like a, like a jukebox musical or karaoke musical. You know, it's pop songs that you know and like that you can tap your feet to and watch and they're animals and they made it bigger scale than the first one and it's fun and i enjoyed it that's it that's all i got to say about it it's sing two not bad it's fine are you sure it's not called sing Tooing? what is that what are you doing i don't understand the joke that you're trying to yeah what's what happening i'm making fun of suicide squad oh that was, that was a bad joke. Uh, yeah, it was a bad joke. It was a bad joke. Boo. I'll take that one. Boo. Yeah, okay, just take that. that. Put that one back on the top shelf. Your Leave it up there. Sustain me. <laughs> as far as movies go, I, do, I don't know if this counts. It's not really a movie, but it still has the runtime of a movie. And I feel like I owe it to fans of the Harry Potter franchise for me to talk about this after I just ripped them apart a few weeks ago talking about that trivia show um on new year's day hbo max came out with a 20th anniversary reunion uh kind of special about the harry potter series it's 20 20th anniversary of the first movie in particular and so they had you know the three main actors there and a lot of the supporting cast there and there it's actually a pretty nice retrospective on the on the film franchise and to me what i said about the the trivia show still stands i really don't like it and that part of the the fandom or fan service however this 20th anniversary to me was the harry potter fan service done correctly 
It's nice. It pays a nice homage to the movies. It really shows how much these actors have grown yeah. and how it affected them and built them as people. And it and it dives into that. And that stuff is very interesting. Like, how do you go from being unknown to being truly the most popular fictional book character on the planet? And how does that affect your life? And truly, you know, essentially 20 years of your life. Cause that now that's, you're identified with that and they talk about it. And yeah. I think that's, that's cool. Yeah. It's gotta be crazy to be 12 years old and be a household name that comes out of everyone's mouth and not just your character, but literally your name. Uh, everyone knows Daniel Radcliffe. You know, everybody knows Emma Watson. Sorry, Ron, but the some other people are... know Rupert Grint. <laughs> there he's you go, John. Thing. He's on Amazon. He's on that M Night Shyamalan produced Amazon or Apple TV Plus show. So he's still he's working. He's still around. Yeah. I didn't say he's not working. I said he's not really a household name. <laughs> His name is Rupert Grint, and I know that there are people who are those Harry Potter fans. They're yelling at you now. Now it's you that's taking their heat. Yeah, try to try to push their heat off. Oh yeah, try to push their heat off on me, Drew. Uh, No, so I did catch some of this, uh, and it was cool. I I want to watch the whole thing, uh, but it was just on, and I was I think feeding a baby at the time. That's on HBO, right, Drew? Yeah, it's on HBO. Is yeah. I've perfect seen that type of thing to throw on on your TV, like while you're in bed about to fall asleep. Like it's perfect for that. I've got an HBO. Uh, I've got two HBOs for you. Okay. Um, first, I need to see Harry Potter. That's why I was like, "Hey, isn't that HBO?" I've been seeing it pop up. I need to watch that. That seems like a lot of fun. That anniversary. Um, but also on HBO right now is the newest season of Righteous Gemstones. It just released. It just dropped. Uh, two episodes came out. So kind of in the same like you were saying about a uh, peacemaker. Uh, you know, maybe maybe not three episodes. Two episodes is enough to get you hooked in this one. I'm kind of a fan of Danny McBride. Uh, I like his comedic styling, even though it's terrible and immature. I think it's really fucking funny because I could tell how much of their work is improv. In this season, Danny McBride is not the uh, the catalyst for the show. He's not the fuck up this time. And in almost every single Danny McBride piece of <laughs> of movie or media that exists, him screwing up is sort of what the plot is revolved around. He's just always such a screw-up. And in this one, he's trying to fix the screw-ups, but he's just kind of a, a, a hateable, lovable scamp screw-up in the meantime. Uh, he's not the problem, is what I'm trying to say. So he's a little bit more fun to watch when he's not the problem. Mm, yeah, I'm liking Righteous Gemstones, second season. I and never then, watched uh, Eastbound and Down. So and... I, I, that's literally my problem with Eastbound and Down is he is just so hateable. That's what He's... I was going to say. Is that, is that kind of where that comes from? Because isn't it the same folks behind Righteous Gemstones? So from what I understand, it's his production studio. He has his own and him and HBO sort of have a friendly deal because he can produce stuff at a pretty affordable rate. And most of the stuff he makes has kind of a cool following. And so he was able to make Eastbound and Down, and that was a pretty big hit for them. And then he made, I think, Vice Principles, and that's a pretty big hit. And then now there's Righteous Gemstones. And so each one, he's not doing, you know, 12 seasons. He's just doing two or three and then going to the next one and going to the next one. And he's kind of making them with a lot of the same actors and comedians as well. 
So it's fun to watch. It kind of reminds me of like, you know, the Rat Pack or Judd Apatow's little crew. Uh, but Dan McBride's got his own little group over there on the side he's working with. And, and they're putting out some pretty good stuff. The other thing, the last thing on HBO is How To with John Wilson. The final episode of season two came out. So if you haven't watched that, I know I've talked about it before. It's fun. It's quirky. It's kind of a social documentary of Americans. And the editing and voiceover is hilarious. So the show is, like you said, something to throw on in the background, Drew. Now that you've thrown on the Harry Potter thing in the background, put on How To With John Wilson, and you'll realize that you can't not stare at the screen. You'll be mesmerized. Like, what is this fucking weirdo doing? Uh, It's kind of the exact opposite. It will just suck you in, and you'll, you'll be hypnotized by John Wilson. So I, I recommend that while you're on your HBO. So be busy on HBO this month was kind of my point there. Well, and going off that, uh, there's a show that Jahan talked about, um, I think a couple weeks ago, that I started watching that's also on HBO mm. Max. It's a original, and it's called Station Eleven. And uh, its finale, I think, just came i think the last episode just came out is station 11 the one where like humanity lives on a space station and they send humans to earth to see if it's habitable no, no. i mean there's a bunch of there's a bunch of space shows out no what's the what's the premise of this one so the premise is which the the opening of the or you know the first episode really hits close to home with everything way too close with, man with pandemic but it's it's a Basically, a killer flu breaks out and, you know, affects people very quickly and, you know, kind of wrecks, wrecks havoc. And a as far as what I've seen so far, you know, going from the first episode, um, there's a few people that catch wind of what's happening. They gather supplies, lock themselves up and, you know, try to, to wait it out and, and survive. And then it, the show ends up cutting to the future 20 years in the future where there are people that have survived this, this flu and are, have started to, to reshape society. So it's, it's a, you know, kind of post-apocalyptic type show, but it cuts back and forth to pre pandemic to as the pandemic's happening to 20 years in the future. And it kind of does the type of thing where, you know, there are characters in the present, time that aren't there in the future so you know that something must happen to them but you don't know what or yeah. how you know that kind of thing um the jumping around the ca- uh is handled well i it's not confusing like it is in a lot of shows yeah and into that note i i think when you explain the premise to somebody ah, it's a flu and it's you know the apocalypse and it's cuts to the future. Like that sounds really simple, but there is something about the show and how it's done that feels very elevated compared to other shows. Like it's, it is smart it, there. It does seem like it has, it's going places. Like we watched a couple episodes so far, so I'm not sure exactly where it's going yet. I think I've watched um, the first two. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. It just seems like, it's like it's going to be smart about what it's doing. I guess this is the best way I'm hoping. to put it for this kind of prestige TV, which 
speaking of TV shows, so not on HBO Max, but I'm always the movie guy and I rarely have TV shows to update, but I've been watching Station Eleven and I've been watching a show that's on Showtime called Yellow Jackets. Have have y'all heard of Yellow Jackets? I've heard of it. I have not seen it. Its finale actually airs this weekend. Um, it hasn't aired yet, and it is a it's it gives me major Lost vibes in a sense, which I'm a big Lost fan. So naturally, this is going to draw me in. It is about a high school girls soccer team who are going to nationals, and they're playing in 1995 is when they're in high school, their plane going to nationals uh, goes down in the Canadian wilderness and they are stranded there and they're stranded there for 19 months. And the show cuts back and forth between 95 and, and 2021. So with some of the girls that are adults and back in society, and then it'll cut back to what they went through. So there's a lot of, like kind of allusions to what happened, but you're fi- finding out as the show goes along because it's cutting back and forth that these girls, they've been through some stuff. And, and basically I'm not even there yet. So like I, I, I am, I think five episodes in and there's mm-hmm. 10 total. And so I'm still learning things, but like, it looks like they might have to turn to cannibal cannibalism at some point or things like like i mean it gets into like crazy yeah. territory lord of the flies and so um so yeah so it cuts back and forth and there's just like a lot of crazy stuff happens there's um there's some really good uh casting too like two of the girls in the future timeline like one of them's played by christina ricci one of them's played by juliette Ooh. lewis um, so there's some some names in the show and and actually some of the girls, the younger versions, I've seen popping up all over the place. The one of the yellow jackets, uh, one of the young versions, actually, it's the girl that plays the young version of Juliet Lewis mm-hmm. was the lead of that droid gang in. Book oh, of Boba nice. Fett. I like her. So that like girl her. is one of the main cast members in Yellow Jackets and in the new Scream, one of the main kids that's introduced in the new scream movie is also in yellow jacket. So I'm like, man, I'm really digging the show. And now the, the cast members from the show are already popping up all over the place. So that's kind of makes it fun. So yellow jackets. So I haven't seen it. Uh, where can I watch it? It's on showtime. It's on showtime. I have showtime through Hulu. Okay. Um, so I watch it on Hulu, but you do have to have a, you know, the showtime subscription through, through Hulu, so Hulu I do. Th- so this actually, you touched a lot of my buttons here, uh, and it sounds really good. I, I was not a lost guy. Uh, Drew, Drew likes touching my buttons. It's okay. Um, but, yeah, but now his hands stink. <laughs> Why do they stink? All right. Uh, but so I think I was talking last time about how I like anything that's like Swiss Family Robinson, like surviving in like a, a weird situation kind of thing like this. Uh, I don't know. I've always enjoyed that line of i don't know what you would call that i guess maybe just survival but um this sounds dope man i i I actually will watch this i can guarantee it it's 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 been really good so far and each episode you know has some new reveals and you know again it's showtime show so it's graphic at times it's not afraid to be a little bloody if it needs to be you know there's some gore there's some um 
some parts that are almost a little bit creepy at times. So, I mean, there's it's it's good stuff. I'm I really like it. No, I I definitely uh, this this you got me. I'm coming to watch this. I also need to keep watching Station Eleven. Uh, oh yeah, about Station Eleven. Uh, first episode like had me hooked. Uh, after that, it was like the second episode was very interesting. I wasn't expecting the whole like traveling theater aspect. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they they, they kind of you're right. They kind of dig at some like hidden purpose in Station Eleven uh, with like the tattoo thing and. That could go either way for me. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes that kind of stuff is done very badly, uh, but it could be good. I'm with you on that. I think I've also only watched the first two of Station Eleven, and I think it's very good. It's very well it's made. Very good. But it's the first episode had me like, oh yeah, I'm on board. The second episode had me a little bit more like, uh, is this gonna be more of a slow burn? But it's still pretty interesting. Whereas like Yellow Jackets for me, it moves. It's it's. It's good. I'm going to have to finish both of those. That's it for my takes for the week. But, Jahan, I think you had a couple other things you wanted to I touch on. I had a couple things quick. I wanted to touch on. First off, I watched the first new episode of Attack on Titan. Uh, it's the final part of the final season. They're finishing it off. Uh, I, like, just watched this first episode that I've been waiting and waiting for. Season four is fucking insane. So, like, season three, it gets to a point. Season four, it. it I don't know. They do like a fast forward. They do all this stuff. Everything changes. All the characters develop to like their final character form. Uh, it's fantastic. It's so good. Um, I love this show. If you're an anime fan, you better be watching Attack on Titan. Uh, yeah, I know that a lot of them, probably all the way through season three, are are all already dubbed, subbed, and ready to go mm-hmm. on Hulu. So yeah, you can watch them on season- Hulu. Season five is the one that's out right now. Season it's the second half of season four, I believe. Okay, and those are probably not done. They are being yet. released weekly as they are coming out live on Hulu, uh, which I appreciate. Hulu, thank you. Uh, but I I'm loving every I loved every second of this new episode. It was just jaw dropping, revelation after revelation. Uh, and then so what I've been doing, I it's not particularly productive when you're a podcaster talking about new media, but I've been rewatching all of the Marvel Netflix stuff. Uh, I finished the first two seasons of Daredevil. I'm on Jessica Jones season one, and then I'm probably going to do Luke Cage and the Defenders. Uh, but I think you left one out. Is yeah, there, you did leave one out. I am not going to rewatch Iron Fist. You can't make me. Because it is garbage. <laughs> it is garbage. Yeah, that's not a hot take. You're right about that. Netflix, You're just factually right about Netflix that. Netflix spent so much money on garbage, they would have been better off going to the dump and buying actual garbage. I would have watched them film it. It was a piece of shit. Fuck you. I would have been a better Iron Fist because I'm just fucking funnier than he is. It, it was not good. But yeah, I like some of the characters. I like Colleen a lot from uh, Iron Fist. She was cool. Uh, yeah, true. And, you know, stuff like that. So there, there, there are things, and the crossover stuff so is good. Rosario Darson can almost fix anything, uh, but yeah. So I just I'm blown away by how gritty it is. I forgot how good this shit was. It does hold up on a second watch, even with all the MCU stuff going on. Uh, but it's just making me so hungry to see Daredevil uh, and you know Moon Knight and all of them like team up um, in the MCU. I would love it. I just want I want Daredevil to show up in the Moon Knight show. I want the Punisher to show up. I want them to do a Marvel Knight series. 
I don't know if they will. I think that a rated, like the, an adult part of the MCU uh, could be good. But I, they seem very hesitant to do so. I don't think you're the only Marvel fan that Definitely has been not, yeah. revisiting some of these shows due to Spider-Man No Way Home and Hawkeye, you know, bringing some of these characters yeah. back. Because I feel like every time I've logged into Netflix recently that Daredevil and those shows, Daredevil especially, it's, it just seems to be popping up more towards the top again. Or like, I, yes, you know, whereas they were kind of buried on Netflix for a while after they got canceled, I feel like now on Netflix originals or, you know, what's what's popular right now, I feel like I've seen Daredevil in there. So I, I think yeah. there's been a lot of people that have been either jumping back into it or maybe watching for the first time. Yeah. The defenders like is trending now. right now uh, as well. Yeah. I don't know, mm-hmm. man. Uh, they hold up, but like Disney, I don't think Disney can do it, man. I really don't. Cause the more I'm watching, the more I think it's not going to happen because of how fucked up this shit is. Like Jessica Jones, right? The whole premise, this woman was mind controlled for like a year or whatever and like raped a bunch. And then like they have, she has to get an abortion pill for like another person in jail so that she doesn't have a monster baby. Like it's dark. It's really, I don't, I don't, I just don't know if the MCU is going to touch that stuff. Uh, maybe we'll see like more friendly versions, but I feel like that would almost defeat the purpose entirely. Well, again, you could get into so many deep dives here, which I won't. Yeah. You know, I'll just scratch the surface as far as, you know, going back to Peacemaker, like we'll see how successful that is for HBO Max. Is that a one and done season? Are they planning to do more? I don't know. They'll get another season. uh, and, And you've got Deadpool supposedly will be, you know, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool will be in the MCU. And we know how those movies and and how, how graphic and how, um, and, and how crude the character can be. Yeah. And you would think that they would keep that because that's been part of the success of it in the, MC, you know, going into the MCU and to some capacity, you can have it toned down for team ups and then his own stuff be rated R. <laughs> so you would think that with some of the other shows or series, they might want to venture into that territory on, in the MCU, but. And for yeah, what I mean, I don't know. We'll with, see uh, with abortion being sort of a, a topic they did pick up the Orville. The Orville has a ton of episodes about, uh, well, not a ton about, but they've got episodes about abortion, episodes about gay marriage. And so the Orville is pushing those things also. So yeah. I don't think Disney's afraid of the subject matter. Sure. You're right. It's in particular, the one you're talking about is darker, but wow. they, they're not scared of the subject matter. Uh, and I don't know if they'll go that way, but I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't just because of Peacemaker as R-rated as that is. Uh, Disney Disney won't be left behind. Yeah. Well, and, and Hulu is mostly Disney now. And so, but like, interestingly enough, Free Guy is going to Disney Plus. Going to Disney Plus, yeah. which I think it's also going to be on HBO Max. That's as weird. Well. <laughs> um, the That's weird, really yeah, weird. there's weird... The same thing happened with that movie. It's an animated movie called Ron's Gone Wrong, and it mm. came out on Disney Plus and HBO Max on the same day. Um, and it sounds like Free Guy will be on Disney Plus, which that's, you know, it's not like an R-rated crude, comp- but it has some different themes in it. It's a little bit more, I think, edgy than some MCU stuff, if I'm remembering correctly. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they're starting to experiment with that. 
Um, whereas you know the Alien TV series they're making based off the is that movie a series, thing? Well, it, yeah, it's going to be on Hulu. That's thank you. That's very good news. I'm excited. If that's a Fox property that now Disney owns, yeah. but that show will be a Hulu thing. So you know they are splitting stuff up, but I couldn't imagine them separating any MCU properties. I couldn't either. I wish right, they, they would. They might do. Uh, how violent. Because I would like some more Hellstrom uh, to cross over with stuff, maybe. Um, I enjoyed that. Oh, yeah, but Kevin Feige did confirm Deadpool 3 rated R. So, that's that's good. Uh, woo! That's yep. a load off. Uh, but, yeah, Anything I Anything else for you, John? The only thing else, uh, The Boys Season 3 is coming June 3rd. I'm very excited. I love The Boys. Uh, my whole family loves The Boys. Uh, my dad, my mom and dad both love it. They, uh, Oh, man. There's, there's, there was a couple scenes where I didn't think my dad was going to be okay. Cause he was laughing so hard. Like he went to the floor, like, <laughs> and I'm excited to watch this new season with my, my family. On Thursday, January 20th, that is just five days from now or four days from the release of the mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, that's when we're getting rainbow six extraction on game pass day one release. I, I watched some stuff for extraction and I'm not, like, excited for it, right? But it, it is <laughs> going to be free. It's going to be free. One. I'll play it with you, buddy. Um, it has, like, a, a horde survival mode, Jahan, where you... It's like a demon defense. There's You're, like, in, like, a broken-down castle or some shit, and demons are attacking, and you're running around killing them and looting up and stuff. It has Black Ops so, zombies. <laughs> it does. It has Black Ops zombies with demons. So at least there's... You know, I didn't play Black Ops zombies, but it was... People liked it. So at least there's that. At least we can kill demons Black Ops zombies was dope, and uh, one of the versions of it, they actually brought uh, George Romero uh, as a zombie... Yeah, as a bad guy, uh, like a boss, which was cool. Um, but yeah, no, I will play Rainbow Six Extraction. Yeah, you know uh, I'm on board anytime I can shoot demons with my friends. Uh, even if it's a piece of shit, I'll just uninstall it. It's free on Game Pass Day 1. Yeah, I feel like uh, I, I want to talk about it more, but next uh, next episode we're going to be doing a lot more video game talk. So uh, I guess we can do it then. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about Deep Rock Galactic. I want to talk about it too, but I have a lot to say. So you're right. Let's hold off until next week. I have a lot. I have a lot of stuff to say. Uh, but yeah, that was all my fresh takes. And as another little sneak preview, these guys have given me full permission to just do a deep dive on movies award season next week. So get ready for that. Get ready for uh, buckle in, buckaroos. All hey. right. Well, if, <laughs> if that's it. I think that's it I for episode it. twenty-eight of Fresh Out the Podcast. Um, you can find me at Drew Munhausen on Twitter. And where can everybody find you and know what cool shows y'all are streaming now? No, bro, you can find me. I'm Jahananon. I'm at RockFact on Twitter. I'm at Jahananon1 on TikTok. Uh, follow me for, you know, just TTRPG, board game news, that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm always talking about it, always in it. I am at Casualty CDG, and you can find me at Casualty CDG. On pretty much all of the social media things, uh, I'm a retired detective, and now I do comedy stuff. Me and Jahan play tabletop games and board games also. We do that like three nights a week. Mm-hmm. You can find us at twitch.tv backslash Jahan, and we're doing it live Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays from 8 p.m. until 11 p.m. And then, of course, you're hearing us now on Fresh Out the Podcast. But tell your friends. We've got over 1,000 downloads. Uh, it's a cool thing, man. We're pushing up on episode 30 now. 
Uh, so this is a real consistent podcast that you can listen to and talk to us about stuff. And if you want us to talk about anything in particular, tweet us. We're all on Twitter. We're all there. We'll we'll write it down and put it in a Google Doc. Uh, we we would love some fan interaction. So talk to at Drew Munhausen or at Rock Factor at Casualty CDG and let let's get involved. Uh, thanks thanks for all your support and thanks for listening. Yeah, hit us up on uh, Twitter with the hashtag Fuck Zack Snyder uh, and have yourself a good. Don't do that. You will you will invoke the wrath of the internet. I invoke the internet's it. wrath upon me. All right. I'll see you guys on the other side. <laughs>